You and me and BPD. Episode 9, Diagnosis and Next Steps. It's been a while since I've made an episode, and that's because my manic brain this summer decided that I was going to go back to school after having a year off from university. That was fun. Um, So I'm back in school, which is fun and different. Um, So I've been a little bit busy, but first off, I just wanted to say thank you to the people who have reached out and spoken to me on my Instagram and people who have, you know, shared their experiences listening to this podcast and how it's made them feel less alone, heard, appreciated, all these different things. Um, I know that for me, I didn't, when I first got diagnosed, I had no clue what borderline personality was. I had never met somebody with borderline personality. My family didn't understand what it was. Um, and I was really confused. And I feel like At the beginning of this year, when I first started this podcast back in June, I was in a place where I was so confused and so lost and so overwhelmed with life. And I feel like you can hear that in some of the earlier episodes. And I just wanted some place where I could talk. I could talk openly about my experiences and I could help people because I really think that all of the issues that we deal with, if we switch them around and turn them into, you know, teaching possibilities and moments where we can share our experiences with others, then we can help people to know that they're not so alone in what they experience. And the messages I've received back has helped me to know that, you know, people are listening. <laughs> Um, cause I'm super, I'm super, super just in awe of the people who are commenting and getting back to me and letting me know that they really appreciate this. And by no means do you have to, um, I always just kind of put it out there. If you want to, you can, because I am here to talk and to share and I really, really appreciate it. Um, so I just thought I would start off with that, but I did have a request, um, from a few people to talk about, you know, what happens once you get diagnosed. And I feel like there's a really fine balance between receiving a diagnosis of borderline personality and thinking that you have borderline personality. Um, most people who are able to diagnose this condition will not do it when you are a teenager. And although that might create some problems for people, I actually agree with this because I think as you're growing up, I know for myself, I dealt with so many of the kind of warning signs of borderline personality, like extreme anger, um, kind of not caring about relationships I was in, like changing who I was a lot of the time, feeling uncomfortable in in my skin and in my surroundings. And while I do think it would have 
help to be diagnosed earlier. Um, I think if I would have had this complex hanging over my head of this, this mental illness, especially in this kind of world where we live today, it would have probably been really hard for me to navigate where I was and what I wanted to do. So if you are somebody who is newly diagnosed, whether you're a young person and you're just, you know, you're 18, 19, and you've been feeling a lot of mixed up emotions and you receive a diagnosis, or you're somebody who you've known for a while that you probably have borderline personality and you want to learn about how to be diagnosed, um, I think that this kind of conversation will be able to help you. Um, a little bit about my own story. So in 2015, I would say, I knew that my depression was getting the best of me. I was in university, I was a mom, and I knew that something was going on. Um, I've always kind of experienced depression, anxiety, and dissociation before I knew what dissociation was. Um, but I thought it was just kind of how I was. And when I was in university, I started realizing that it was starting to affect my relationships and my friendships and my time in university. And I went to my school counselor and I was like, I, I know something's going on. And so they sent me to the medical center at my university and I got diagnosed originally with generalized anxiety disorder. And I think for a lot of people who get a diagnosis of BPD, they're usually diagnosed with something else first. And this is because people who are trained to diagnose um, mental health issues are a very limited amount of people. So the people that we should be going to are psychologists, psychiatrists, licensed mental health counselors, or psychiatric doctors. People who are not able to diagnose borderline personality are general therapists and your general practitioner, or like just a family doctor. And I was diagnosed by a general practitioner at the beginning with generalized anxiety disorder. And they put me on medication, literally that same doctor's appointment. And I was on the medication they put me on for about two and a half months. And it just got everything worse. It made my depression worse. It made my dissociation worse. Um, it made my sense of self worse. And I, I knew that it wasn't generalized anxiety. There was something within me that when I read up on what generalized anxiety is and how it manifests, I was like, that's not what I have. I know that I have something else. And I had a therapist at that point and I was talking to my therapist and I was like, they say I have generalized anxiety, but I don't think it's that. I really don't, don't think it is. And so me and her, thankfully, she was a really good therapist and she was like, okay, let's kind of look at some other things it could be. And um, I ended up uh, having a really bad day one day. And when I went to go talk to 
my doctor again, I was like, look, this medication's not working. This is not working. I, I need to see somebody else. So they transferred me over to a psychiatrist. When I was with that psychiatrist, I literally think it took maybe 15 minutes of talking to her. And she was like, you do not have generalized anxiety. That is not what you have. You might have borderline personality. And I was very confused because I mean, a doctor had given me one diagnosis. I was kind of living under the impression that I had generalized anxiety. But when she started describing, when the psychiatrist started describing what borderline personality was, and how it usually manifests from childhood trauma or childhood neglect and all the different kind of symptoms and going through a checklist with me, which is usually how psychiatrists and psychologists will do it. There's a certain amount of um, requirements that you need to meet of the nine general symptoms that are associated with borderline personality. You have to meet at least five of those symptoms and psychiatrists and psychologists and psychiatric doctors are trained to go through these symptoms with you by asking you questions about your work life your family life how you handle stress how your childhood was how your relationships with other people are like it's it's so much more in depth when you go to somebody who is trained to diagnose mental health disorders. So as I, as I was working through this kind of checklist with her, it was almost like everything was making sense. And for a lot of people with borderline personality, they don't know what borderline personality is before somebody mentions it. And then when they start to look at it, it's almost like you're reading on this paper something that describes who you are and for me it was almost a kind of like happiness in a way to know okay the things that i'm dealing with the things that i have dealt with are not just me you know being crazy or whatever it is it is me being this kind of different in this different mental state than other people. And so that was really, <laughs> sorry, there's some kids going home from school. Um, that was really interesting for me to be able to read and see that people are like me and the things that I've dealt with are real. <laughs> They're not just in my head. And usually that's how diagnosis goes. You start to be told, you know, these are the symptoms. These are some of the ways that they manifest. Do you experience any of this? And as you move down the list, you start to realize that, that this is describing how you are. That's why for me, I think it's super important to get a diagnosis because when you go to somebody who is licensed, and who is, you know, um, authorized, I guess it could be, to give you this diagnosis, they take a lot of time. So sometimes it may take many sessions, especially if you also experience things like depression or anxiety. Um, 
because sometimes doctors will just be like, oh, it's just anxiety. Like we already know you have anxiety. We already know you have depression and that's what it is. But there is an, an aspect of advocacy that you need to be doing for yourself. So you can always go to them and say, you know, I really think we should work through this checklist. I really think that we should explore borderline personality if you haven't been diagnosed and you, you're kind of exploring what it could be. Um, I would suggest going to them and saying, hey, this is what I've learned and this is what I've explored and I really think that this might be something that I'm living with because there is a stigma and I've talked about this in another episode but there is a stigma from mental health professionals of labeling someone as borderline personality because there are counselors and therapists and nurses and some hospitals that don't want to deal with people with borderline personality because we've been labeled as like um, therapy resistant. I think that that's, you know, not the way that we should be labeling people, especially with something that can be as complex as borderline personality. But unfortunately, that's just kind of the world that we live in. Um, people like us are deemed as being harder to work with, being more resistant to change, and having a harder time learning new coping mechanisms um, besides self-harm or suicide ideation, which is what a lot of us deal with. So on the one hand, you do want to get a diagnosis, but you want to get a diagnosis from someone who is you know, properly trained to work with you to try to figure out if it is borderline personality or if there's, you know, other things that are going on. And then for myself, um, I was switched on to an SSRI, which is a specific medication that is used um, with mood stabilizing kind of uh, properties. And I continued therapy for the first I would say two years after my diagnosis, I continued therapy. So some of the common treatment options that are offered to you once you do get a diagnosis are psychotherapy or DBT, which is dialectical behavioral therapy. And DBT was specifically, um, I guess, organized or invented to deal with personality disorders um, back in the 80s. So DBT is one of those things that I think it's really important for us to learn because when we think about our minds and how quickly we can shift from one thought to the next or one emotion to the next, DBT teaches you to kind of take a step back and be a little bit more slower when you're moving in between the different emotions or mental states you might be in so that you're able to realize that, you know, two things can exist at the same time. You can be mad at somebody, but you also don't need to be mad to the point that you're smashing plates or you're slamming doors, um, which was some of the things that I've done in the past. So on the one hand, therapy can help. And for a lot of people, Therapy is their first introduction into dealing with their mental illness. There's a lot of communities out there where therapy is frowned upon 
And there's a lot of families where therapy is not seen as an option. So sometimes doctors will also recommend medications, but this really depends on what it is that you are dealing with. So once again, you need to be a little bit more of an advocate for yourself and you need to be thinking, okay, what it is, what is it that is distressing me that has made me want to get a diagnosis? For myself, it was my depression. It was that I was so depressed that I just felt like I, I had lost all joy in my life. So being on a mood stabilizer or being on an SSRI was really helpful for me because it allowed me to not be in this depressive state all the time. It's not like medication is going to heal you. And I don't want to put like put this out there that, you know, medication is going to be the thing that changes everything that you are. But sometimes medication is necessary for us to be able to open up. If you have really bad anxiety and talking to people makes you feel really anxious, medication can help to alleviate some of that anxiety. If you are really depressed and you're feeling like, you know, the, the only thing in your mind is suicidal thoughts, medication might be able to help you relieve some of that, you know, depression and just kind of emptiness that you might feel. There are some people who stay away from medications. I myself am not on any medications right now. And that's because I did a lot of work when I was in therapy to be able to come off of my medication. And I did a lot of work about how to understand my brain, how to listen more to myself, how to be more self-aware. I did not have a DBT-focused therapist. There are therapists that are out there that are specifically DBT therapists. My therapist was more kind of psychoanalyst Um, But she did do a couple of DBT practices with me, and so I'm really appreciative of that. And then the other thing is, if you're really feeling like you can't protect yourself or you can't be safe, there are certain hospitals that have inpatient treatments. But once again, this is, you know, if you really, really, really need it. I think that there's sometimes this kind of image that going for inpatient treatment is something that that we all experience. I have never been for inpatient treatment and that's because I've been able to keep myself safe. I have people around me that support me and that help me in my everyday. I have friends that I can talk to. I had my therapist. I kept myself busy with work and school. Um, when I was just being diagnosed and figuring out this whole world of what it means to live with a mental illness. And some people don't have that. And if inpatient treatment is the best thing for you, then by all means, try to find a way to do it. A lot of hospitals have one or two week programs where you can you can either be re- uh, referred by your doctor or your therapist or Sometimes you can just call them up and ask them if they have any spots available. I would say that inpatient treatment is one of those things that it's a double-edged sword because one, you're being taken to a place where it is 
really ritualized and it's very clinical. Um, you might not be able to do all the things. You might even not even be able to leave the hospital or the floor where you're on. So there is an, an element of having to give up that control. Um, but it also takes you away from the situations that are really stressful for you. And for some people, they need that. Um, therapy is hard. And sometimes therapy doesn't feel good. Sometimes you go to therapy and then you leave and you're in like a, a worse mental state. And that happened to me many times. I would go in, I would sit down, I would start to talk about things and then just other topics would come up and I would feel so overwhelmed by the time I was leaving that, you know, some people can't handle therapy all the time and that's, that's totally fine as well. I think one of the main things that you have to think about when you think about moving forward after you receive a diagnosis is what is distressing to you in your life, right? When you look around you, what are the things that have made you want to get a diagnosis in the first place? Whether that would be, you know, you're having a really hard time with school or you've dealt with a lot of family trauma and you you just need someone to talk to or you you know you can't work your job properly because you're you're disassociate like you're dissociating all the time um whatever it is that you are dealing with you need to sit down and think about do i want this to change so i recently got re-diagnosed with borderline personality and that's because i hadn't been i had been diagnosed in 2016 um, but this summer I wanted to get a re-diagnosis and you can totally do that. You can totally call up your doctor and say, Hey, I have this diagnosis. I just want to double check with somebody else. Um, especially if you've been diagnosed by a general practitioner or somebody that you don't really trust as much, you can say, Hey, can you refer me to a psychologist or a psychiatrist? And so when I got re-diagnosed, um, the psychiatrist I was talking to was like, well, what is it about borderline personality that is stressing you out? And that was really interesting because I hadn't thought about it like that. You know, we are people who experience the world differently. We experience emotions differently. We experience our sense of self differently. In a future episode, I'm going to be talking about the combination of borderline personality and other kind of mental illnesses but we experience the world differently. We have different ways of seeing ourselves. We have different ways of being. And sometimes the biggest stressor that we face is having to be like other people. It's having to, you know, keep our mood so much in check that we're not flying off the handle. When the way that we want to react to something is with intense anger or breaking down and crying or having panic attacks. That's the way that we respond to everything else happening around us. And sometimes what is distressing to us isn't actually anything about us, it's about our situation. It's about, you know, the job that we're doing or the school that we're attending or our friends, or the life situation that we're in. So when you're thinking about what type of therapy or treatment options you want, you have to think about what is distressing you. 
is it something that you can change like maybe your anger issues or the way that you see yourself or you know bad self-esteem or anxiety are these things that you can change or do you just want to learn coping mechanisms for how to live in a world that is not built for people who are different Um, Another thing that you might want to think about is what kind of treatments are you drawn towards? For me, I, when I was in therapy, it was great. It was great to have somebody to talk to, but I reached a point in my journey where I was like, I just don't feel like this is necessary anymore. Like I felt like she had taught me as much as she could. And it was almost like we were we kept on coming back to the same topics and in my head I I had accepted that there were things I couldn't change in the world and there were moments in my childhood and moments in my past that I just had to accept and move on from and talking about them and bringing them up was not good for me it left me feeling even more confused so one-on-one therapy didn't work for me anymore For some people, they don't want to do one-on-one, so they look for group therapy. There are many different organizations out there that help, and it all depends on where you live. I know for um, Toronto, where I'm from, there's a specific organization. It's called Riding the Waves, and it helps specifically with borderline personality, Um, and it helps you to do group therapy with other people and to work through DBT workbooks alongside others. So it's not so, you know, isolating just one-on-one. On the other hand, if you have really bad social anxiety and maybe speaking to people in person isn't your forte, you might want to look at online therapy or especially in COVID world, one-on-one therapy in person might not be able to happen. So you might want to explore DBT online. You might even want to explore other modes of therapy like art therapy or, you know, play therapy or spiritual therapy, whatever it is. There are many different ways that you can have control and you can have agency in what you're deciding to do, because fundamentally, whether you're a person who loves somebody with BPD or you're a person who lives with BPD, it is your, it is that person's experience. It is your experience, you know? As somebody who is diagnosed, as somebody who is living with the diagnosis, to make your decisions. And sometimes that means that family members, no matter how much they may want to help, sometimes that means that they have to take a step back and they have to support you in whatever it is that you are choosing to do. On that note, try to figure out who you can lean on for support. Not everybody needs to know that you've been diagnosed. You know, like you don't have to tell everybody. Um, I am an open book. I am very open about living with borderline personality. And so for me, hiding it or you know, not telling people wasn't a part of my life, but I know I'm different. I'm different than other people because I want people to know everything about me. (laughs) I've been that way since I was a child. And 
I didn't feel embarrassed. If anything, I felt more aware of myself. Um, but it all depends on who you live with. Maybe you don't want to let your roommates know. Maybe you just tell your immediate family, but you don't tell your extended family. It's really up to you and nobody else should be making that decision about who knows and who doesn't except for the person living with borderline personality because it is our lives and it is our experience in the world and we are free to tell people or to not tell people so think about that think about who you can lean on um and you know try to have people that you can go to when you're having a really hard day and it's in my world it's perfectly okay when you're first starting to figure out how to live life with this kind of title on your head to sometimes be like yeah me freaking out that that was borderline personality and if that's how you have to manage it at the beginning when you're just learning about what it means then by all means be like, yep, yeah, that was a really bad mental health day and I'm having a really bad mental health day and that's why I have to cancel on you or that's why I can't come to your social event or that's why I freaked out. Like, I find that people are very understanding when you are open, but your life does not need to be an open book if you do not want it to be. And I think the main thing to take away from it is maybe you have gotten a diagnosis and maybe you are starting psychotherapy and maybe you are on medication and you're still feeling like you don't know how to kind of manage everything, please remember that you are still, first and foremost, you are a human. And that means that you will not do everything perfect all the time. There might be some days that are great where you'll forget that you have borderline personality, you'll forget the mood kind of changes, you'll have a great day where you don't have a breakdown or you don't feel overwhelmed, and that's great. And there will be other days where it is very, very, very hard. But you are a human, and you are allowed to have good days and bad days especially when it sometimes feels like you're fighting in your own head, you are allowed and it is your right to experience the world and experience yourself as you do. There's nothing you need to change unless you're hurting yourself or unless you're hurting other people, at which point you might need extra help and that's totally fine. It is okay to ask for help. It is okay to feel overwhelmed and it is okay to sometimes tell the world outside of your head, I need a break. I need a day off. I need to just be myself. Even if that means you cry and you're screaming and you're being melodramatic, it doesn't matter. You are allowed this experience of life and you are still you. You don't change. You were still you before you got a diagnosis and you're still you afterwards. But the way that I look at it is with a diagnosis, with treatment, with help from other people, you're finally able to live life in a way where you don't feel so out of control. 
from my experience, that's what I felt. I felt like I, I was kind of losing myself in my experiences and I didn't know how to handle it. And it's, it's a long road. I am not someone of the belief that you, you recover from borderline personality. I think borderline personality is how I am. I, I am a person living with borderline personality disorder. It is a part of me. It is not all that I am. I am not only a mental illness or a number or a statistic. But I am somebody who, when I do things, needs to keep that in mind. And that's totally fine. It's totally fine to have good days and bad days. And if you're somebody that's on this journey of exploring and maybe you, you just got diagnosed or maybe you have been diagnosed or you've been told you have this but you're not really sure, you need to speak up for yourself and try to find people who will support you. As I said at the beginning, I'm here to speak, um, I'm here to listen, I'm here to talk, and hopefully this podcast is a way for you to feel like you're being heard and understood, because um, I know it's hard, and we're all we're all just on our journeys of life, and it it sometimes gets easier and sometimes gets harder, but I really hope that you will you will walk away feeling like you have something to kind of build off of and you kind of know some of the next steps that you can you can go through. I am going to be recording some more podcasts next week, so please look out for that. And as always, if you want to reach out, if you want to talk, if you have any suggestions, I'm totally open to them. A few people have suggested this episode, which is why I'm making it. Um, so if you want to reach out, you can reach out to me on my Instagram. It's at journey, J-O-U-R-N-E-Y dot bound, B-O-U-N-D. So feel free to reach out and we can talk more. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.